1: Complete to the hazel. You
0: know it was fourth down. Oh, there. oh! I
1: actually didn't. Uh, a couple other guys did, but right as they snapped it, right as I saw the sideline going crazy, I looked and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But you, like, you, you can't blame them. Clock was winding down. the four seconds off. I don't know if they would have even gotten a playoff. So. No. I had, <laughs> I had,
0: I had no, I had no, I no clue. Everyone, they like, I'm not looking at that side. I'm my back facing there. Yeah. And then they snapped it, put it down. Everyone started celebrating. I looked around. I
1: was like, "Wait, what's going on?" I had no, I had no clue what was happening. But, no, we knew he was short. Um, Obviously we thought, and the, the the clock was ticking, you know, that they were going to get one more playoff. Um, and then when I saw him line up like that, I, I thought it was a fake, you know, which I was calling out. And then, you know, when he spiked the ball, I was like, okay, I
2: think it's our ball. <laughs> when I was talking to my guys after the game, I made it clear that the, that loss is on me, right? If I don't have them prepared to run a fourth down in one play, then... Whose fault is it? So I take full responsibility for that loss. It's not going to be on the kids, and you uh, know it's, it's an unfortunate way to end it. But the game isn't won or lost on a single play. We had opportunities earlier in the game to win, and uh, we just didn't execute. We fought hard, and we came back, and we made it a game uh, where it seemed like it was it was turning in a different direction. Right. And I'm proud of the I'm proud of the kids' effort. Hello everybody and welcome once again to The Meat Grinder, your weekly dose of high school football talk in Connecticut, and I'm your host, Sean Patrick Bowley, and with me as always is Peter Baguaya. Happy Halloween, Pete.
1: Happy Halloween. This is uh, I can't believe it's already the end of October. Yeah, it's spooky
2: scary spooky. Halloween Ooh.
0: What's
2: going on? <laughs> At the top of the show, you heard the Thrilling, speaking of uh, Halloween, the thriller down at uh, Cardinal Stadium where Darianne, number four Darian holds off Greenwich, number three Greenwich, 27-21, to 21, and an absolute barn burner. That was ended on a snap on fourth down, and oh, poor Greenwich. Oh, my God, but Darianne survived, the game that they probably should have won anyway. I don't know if they get the, the, the playoff, but you heard the at the top of the show, you heard from uh, Darian's linebacker, Sam Wilson, who played great among the many guys on the Darian defense that played great. You heard from the offensive and defensive hero, Jackson Peters, who caught two TD passes and had an interception to set up another touchdown. Um, and then you heard from Rob Traffone and then even Greenwich coach, Anthony Morella, who said, look, this one's on me, folks. Uh, I didn't have the kids ready to run a two-minute drill, and we weren't prepared, and we knew we, we were yelling and screaming but they just uh, they, they just didn't hear it, and they spiked. They thought they had the first down. There are some people out there who think they had the first down at the 13, at the 12, I should say. Uh, but the, the ball was spotted at the 13, under 10 seconds left. They, they thought they had it. They spiked it. They didn't think. And kind of an anticlimactic way to win the game, but what a game.
1: I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it was anticlimactic. I think there was a lot of confusion. I think the only people that weren't confused was the Darien defense. They were the, they were running around, and I'm just kind of standing in the backside of the end zone, and I'm like, "Wait, what just happened?" And then, you know, a little throwback back to the youth football days in my <laughs> town. Um, a kid I graduate, a kid I, went, I grew up with. They were in the championship game, and he spiked the ball on fourth down Ooh. when we were in like third Ugh. grade, right? And that's what immediately came to my head. You know, shout out John Carney. He's a <laughs> NYPD officer now, but he did that when um, the Montauk Warriors were playing in the championship game and all this, I just put my hands on my mouth I'm like oh my god what just happened
2: Wantaw happened
1: yeah I know right but it was it was no one I didn't knew know what, what happened. happened no one knew what no, happened Everyone's I was standing like around. and the Darien defense is running around you look at rob trafone in your video he's running on the field it looks like he's trying to call a timeout like did, no one knew what did, was
2: going on he did call a timeout um he, he, no he rob trafone knew it he knew it was fourth down you could see them on the sidelines he was kind of like they were all jumping up and down. On there, on their assistant coaches were pointing at the field, and a few of the players it kind of it, it kind of dawned on um, that that it happened. And uh, I I was like, "What? Wait a second. I had to like re because I am trying to focus on filming and get the moment. And I am like, "Wait, was what? Oh, oh no!" <laughs> and that's exactly I am sure the way everybody at Greenwich felt like it just was, like what
1: just, just it was just. it was such a great game. A lot of things had to go Greenwich's way in the second half. I, w- I got there literally at the end of the first half. Did you see the uh, touchdown? St. Joe's. I didn't. I got there. It was 21-7. Okay. Um, and then I waited on the bathroom line for an hour because <laughs> they only have quarter potties at Greenwich. Yeah. But, um, and I got there, and all of a sudden it just kind of flicked. A lot of things went their way. There was a fumble, a lot of cramping by the Darian players. Yeah. Um, there was one drive, I think, where they had three of their top secondary guys out. Greenwich was able to score. Yep you know you could a lot of people in the comments are like well Darian you know should have blown that game out or this and this look that's you they know I don't want to I don't want to quote Herm Edwards here but that's why you play the game that stuff happens you have to be able to adapt and adjust and Greenwich was able to get back in the game there was the the face mask call on the final drive where Renello you know look this is a high school show we're not pointing fingers right, here right. i'm sure James or feels very bad, or did immediately after the game. Look, kid, it was your sixth game your, uh, yeah, your high I mean, school career. Yeah. You know, you're going to have way more moments. You're going to play them again. You're going to play teams that good. You're going to have your moments. But at the same time, and, and this shouldn't be forgotten, he got them down to, like, the two. Yeah. He had I a mean, nice he scramble. he had a great scramble. He broke a tackle. He moved up in the pocket. He got out of trouble. He got him down to the two with, like, 20 seconds left.
2: Yeah, that was right there, the call there. The, the call, according to Sam Wilson... Uh, and, I, again, it was such hectic, and it's hard to – I mean, I heard it might have been a holding call, but it was a face mask, he said, on him, uh, on the lead blocker who was who came out to, to, to knock him away from Ranello, and then Ranello gets down to the two-yard line. And, and Darian, if that they had not called that, it, Greenwich, Greenwich is winning that game. If they had not called that play, Greenwich is winning that game. I, we, you, you had a film, a, a, a look at it. I had a look at it. Both times, you really can't tell. I mean, you're going to have to yeah. look at the, like the DAF, uh, the Darien Athletic Foundation. site. Uh, like, but even then, it's listen, that stuff happens. That was a great game,
1: though. I mean, that's just – Great way to just...
2: – Down 21 to nothing, and I'm like, first half, and it was all Darien. They had Greenwich's number. Greenwich looked like a deer in headlights coming out of that game, and they were going in to make it 28 toward the end of the first half and you're like, my goodness,
1: are they going to go up 28 seen We're going to have a running clock in the third quarter. Uh,
2: I don't know if it was going to get to that, but 28 nothing. I think you, it would have been you know, lights out, game over for the most. I don't think Greenwich was going to come back from that, and it would have been a much different game in the second half. But Kobe Camizio, wide open. It must have been a blown coverage. I know Darien had problems with the secondary. Darian's secondary played tremendous when they were in the game. You know, when the starters were in the game, you, you know, the, the next thing you know, they're, they're going out with cramps. Every two seconds, you know, you know, another whistle blows cramps, and maybe it had something to do with the, the – the, it, was, it was a mild day to start, but then at the end it got a little colder as the night, as the sun set. But they give up the, the big pass to Kobe Camisio, that made it a 14-point game. Now you're like, ah, oh, that was – Greenwich needed that so bad. And then, then they came out, they got the fumble by Minicus on the opening kickoff, which I thought it was great when Jackson Peters said that was my favorite part of the game. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, you're like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, he's like I he's like those are the kind of moments that you play for.
2: Right. And he said he didn't want he really didn't want it to be a blowout. Nobody wanted that game to be a blowout, maybe except Robert phone Yeah. Uh, but uh then you know, that was the grant you we were looking for. Ranella was great. He threw he threw the they got Hunter uh Clark into the end zone and then they got the stop. The defense started stepping up Nice big sack by Eddie ari Terry, right back down the field. Nice ball to A.J. Barber, and it was a tie game going into the fourth quarter. And it was just kind of a slugfest after that, and sets up the wild finale. So uh, it was just well a, worth yeah. the 45
1: minutes it took to park. Yeah,
2: <laughs> my God, Pete, I had to park in the literally like the last spot on um, on on the road that that Greenwich. He's on the the last I I don't want to I don't want
1: to incriminate myself. Uh, So hopefully no one from the Greenwich Police Department is listening. But I parked literally in the right turn lane, like right on the curb. Yeah, like right there. And I'm leaving the game after we do our interviews. You know, we're always kind of the last people to leave. We, uh, We leave with the teams and I'm walking in my car and I'm just getting around the turn. And I'm like, my car's not here. I was like, did I get towed? Jeez. I'm like, oh, my God, I got towed. I was like, I am like, I have my phone out. I'm ready to call you to pick me up because I got to go to the Darien Police Department to get my car. And I'm walking. All of a sudden, I see all this traffic lined up and all these cars in the right lane have to get in the middle lane, have to get into the left lane to get around my car. I'm like, oh, my God, there was a cop obstructing traffic right in front of my car. I was like, I'm in so much trouble. Sorry. <laughs> <It's laughs> I was able to get in my car and get out. But that, I place, mean, ooh, that place was packed.
2: It was packed. But that's what you
1: want to see for a game like that. You want it to be packed. You also want to get there like two hours early. It was the
2: FCAC game of the year. Uh, And it brings the point the question that that uh, Jeff Jacobs wrote in a column asking, you know, why shouldn't Darien be considered, or Greenwich before the game, be considered the number one team? They won the Class 00 championship. Darien won the three before it. Uh, So so why do these teams have to be 3-4 instead of 1-2? where St. Joseph and, and Hand are 1-2. Are I mean, it begs the question, should the double L team get a le- legitimate chance at being number one? Pete?
1: I, I I Look, Jeff makes a great point, obviously, but I think it comes down to the, to the eye test. And as someone like you and me, we've seen all these teams, mm-hmm. right? And when you're looking at them, we've seen all these teams. This it was the first time I've seen Greenwich. I've seen Darien twice. I've seen Hand. I've seen St. Joseph twice. You got to look at the eye test. You got to look at what they do, and also a big factor is, and this is the argument I made last year when Darian was voted one, um, when when Jeff wrote the column about there, the you know the Darian Six or yeah, whatever we they call the,
2: them, the uh, the Genius Five, the
1: Genius Five. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need to look at guys who are coming back. My argument against Darian being number one last year was everybody left from the team that won the state title. Pretty much, yeah. You know, and you look at Greenwich this year, like, and I Everybody think it showed left. in the first half. This was their first big game, other than Eddie Terry Iuteri- uh, AJ Barber, a lot of these guys didn't play last year because right. they had such a heavy, great senior class. All those guys are gone. So when you're looking at it, you're like, do you vote Greenwich number one because they were number one last year? But you know what? Mosey Beast is not walking through that door. Gavin Muir is yeah. an under center. But you look at hand and you're like, Phoenix Millings is back. Ben, ben Corniello is back. Austin Doyle is back. Colin McCabe's back. Uh, Ethan that, Haberman. Haberman, that gigantic beast, Ooh. is back. All these guys are back for hand. And St. Joe's, you look at that defense. Davy Siles is back. Cole DeSilva, who had an amazing game against Ridgefield. I was doing the highlights. It looked like he had four or five sacks in that game, whether or not they're actually – he was unbelievable. Jaden Sheerden's back. He had a great game. Uh, Will Diamantis is back. Hutchinson's back. All these guys are back, and you look at Greenwich, and you look at Darianne, and you're like, okay, a lot of these guys are new. Right. So does that make them the That's, best team? That but is you ne- that needs to be factored in when you're voting. He, he
2: you know, it's funny. He actually quoted me in the story.
1: He did quote you in the story. Yeah. I saw that. Right. I was, I was like, oh, thank God he didn't quote me on anything I said to him on the sideline. Yeah,
2: no. Well, he actually interviewed me. <laughs> interviewed me, which is kind of a thrill. To be honest with you, <laughs> interviewed but, by Jeff Jacobs. Yeah, Look at you big time. I know, big time. <laughs> um, I feel like Brian Mazzoni. Like, man, you. Oh, wow. This is this is big time. Um, but uh, uh, but I said basically the same thing you just said. Uh, listen. Hand has the name recognition. Ham has hand has basically the same core guys that won them the last two state championships and going in Saint Joseph last three state last two state championships, they've won two straight. They so you're looking at two two teams up there. They've both won two straight with a good chunk of the guys who got them. The two I mean Saint Joe a little different, but Hand especially is like they're like they're like household names pretty much phoenix billing ben corniello i mean you just you just go on that is where i think it is but it's a legitimate debate to have yeah
1: and but that's the beauty of it and when we get to the brackets when we get to the tournament and we look at who these teams beat you know big thing last year with people who were like why didn't you vote hand one you know over greenwich and it's like well you look at who greenwich beat to win the state title last year they beat all these great teams, they beat um, Newtown, they beat New Britain, they beat n- a new Canaan to win the state title. And you look at Hand, and it's like, well, who did Hand beat right, in L last year? L was down. Now we got St. Joe's in L, where it's like, if these teams can get on the opposite sides of the bracket, now we're facing off. They the would have a
2: little bit of a stronger case if New Canaan was a typical New Canaan team, which they yeah. are not.
1: But at the same time, New Canaan can get in.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 certainly. And they... And they are getting better. I mean, they, they've been hurt by injuries. Well, new I
1: think this, if new Canaan gets in, they'll probably have to beat Darian on things. Oh yeah. So that will, that'll give you an idea that yeah. will help new Canaan. And that will help hand or St. Joe's whoever beats new Canaan. Yeah. yeah. If new Canaan can get in by, by beating Darian and that kind of opens up a lot of things.
2: Yeah. So a uh, big moment for Greenwich, they kind of wilt yeah. under the pressure toward the end. I don't know. I think, you know, I don't know if you want to say it quite like that, but, uh, Anthony Morello certainly after the game was just like, it's on me. This was my big moment. He said it straight up. This is my big moment, and I, I didn't have the kids ready. So, no. speaking of big moments and, uh, and falling short, you know, we another game we, we saw this week was Danbury playing Newtown up at uh, Blue and Gold Stadium in Newtown, and uh, it was the first time these two teams ever played, and we should do this every year, I think. But this game was kind of a dud, to be completely honest with you. Dan Barry, they just were not in that game at any point, really. Uh, they they did recover two fumbles, Newtown, at the goal line, but other than that, it, it was there it was clear that they're not at Newtown's level yet. Great job by. Uh, augustine thierry who got him up who we had on last week and nice job by them but they have a long way to go yet and i think that that kind of showed it it wasn't the greatest game ever new town flexes its muscles uh done they didn't have miles ricks who's out for maybe even to the playoffs because he has a broken hand it looks like they had done running the ball they had done catching passes they had jeff garrity who looked really good at, at running back So they're going to be fine. I don't see Newtown losing the rest of the way. They're going through their SWC schedule now. Maybe, maybe Massick will show up. Massick with a huge win. Speaking of Massick over Guilford, they just absolutely obliterated them coming off that loss to Cheshire last week. So, What were the games you saw, Pete?
1: uh, Friday, awesome, awesome game. Maloney-Newington, nice CCC matchup. Um, Maloney coming Maloney in. Maloney goes down. Yeah, they're coming in 5-0 and and Angel R.C. We know it's officially, it's R.C. now. Um, he threw five touchdowns. He looked great. They went up 14-0 but you know what? he looked great. Nick Petricello Petricello Petricello. I, so. I had to copy and paste his name every time I tweeted. He looked better. Six total touchdowns, four rushing Oof. two throwing, 404 total yards. He willed newington to come back in that game six he touchdowns played awesome 68 yard touchdown run he threw a 93 yard touchdown pass it was wild and the turning point of the game is newington comes back they tie the game and pace goes for the jason pace goes for the onside kick <laughs> and and newington gets it back he take nick takes them right down the field they score they go up then they go up two touchdowns rc throws a Sixty-plus yard touchdown to Grimes, and all of a sudden it's a one-score game. Um, it was a really good game. Then I went down to Palmer Field. Got to yeah, got first time got go. to see a football game at Palmer Field. It, that's such a great. I understand, and Xavier has a beautiful, beautiful facility now. But man, playing, I like how they play the once a year at Palmer. It looks so cool. I love
2: how the students are set up in the corner. Yeah. of the of the of the, the bleachers, uh, basically right field, right foul line. Yep. I love how they're all set, and the team comes running out of there, and whenever they score a touchdown there, it's like the place goes absolutely wild, and they're right on top of you, and that's that's what makes Palmer feel yeah. great. You just don't get that at uh, at McHugh Field, so it's nice that they play a big game there, but yep. the game, Shelton. The game was
1: awesome. Shelton goes up. They're up 14. I think it was 14-7. Xavier's got the ball at midfield. Fourth and short. Coach Guion decides to go for it. With about a minute left. In the half. And I right. like it. And they're getting the ball back. Like Xavier's getting the ball. So he's thinking they get it. They score. They get yeah. the ball at half. All of a sudden they can tie the game like that. Right. Fortunately, they get held. Big, big pass by Shelton. Touchdown run. <laughs> all of a sudden it's a two score game. So they make it 21 7. And then Xavier gets the ball to start the half. They score. It's a one score game. Xavier goes down the field. They get held again uh, inside the five. I know they lost, but so this was the play of the game. This might be the, the, the hustle play of the season by Ryan Miner. Uh, Tyler Pujak gets a big run. ninety. It's like a 98-yard touchdown run, and Miner's with him the whole way. He just takes off. He's behind him. He pushes him off at, like, the 10, and you're like, all right, he's going to beat him. And Ryan just keeps going, tomahawks the ball out of his hand on the one. It goes into the end zone. Xavier jumps on it. Everyone's going crazy. They go right down the field, make it 28-21. And you're like, here come – this is it. Xavier had a chance at the end, um, and they they, they, they they tried two trickery plays at the end, a reverse pass uh, that got uh, batted down, and then they tried the hook and ladder, which fell for a fumble, and Shelton took over. But it was – Xavier was in that game, and it was nice to see. But good for Shelton for getting that win, too. They're coming no, off they of two losses. They needed that win badly. They were playing with urgency. Shelton's back in the win column. Just a great atmosphere. Yeah, that great, minor great play
2: made the rounds nationally. Like, Max Preps jumped on it. Huddle jumped on it. Uh, USA Today jumped on it. You know, they were voting for the top player of the week. So he made some, Yeah, you know, listen, you want to, like, find one tiny little moment that propels you forward? Yeah, it was a loss. But you can look back at that and say, like, you know what? That kid sold out. Yeah. Minor, he went with him. He did not give up. He, any kid would have given up. Yeah. Uh, he was with him the whole way. He, he tried to get him at the 50, didn't get him stuck with it all the way down. And then right at the end, like just like Don Beebe with uh, Leon Lett in Super Bowl 27 <laughs> all those years ago, knocks the ball loose and into the end zone. Stick to a play. Great job, Ryan Miner. I think that's going to – that play, they lost the game, but the motivation going forward for Xavier is like, listen, we are this close.
1: They are. They are so close, and they're so young. Drew Crone played a great game again. Sophomore quarterback played awesome. They are right there. And with Notre Dame c- uh, c- coming up, and we're going to talk about that game a little yeah. bit later. With Notre Dame c- coming up, four and two. This is this is a big game for Xavier. I mean, I feel like every yeah. game's a big game for them the rest of the way, and I feel like we say it every week. But
2: I don't see them going to the playoffs, but uh, they are certainly. Uh, this is a, a tur- been a turnaround type season. We'll yeah. see what happens after that, and then uh, the other big game that we covered this week didn't turn out to be much of a big game. It was St. Joseph yeah. at R- Saint Richfield. St. Joseph. St. <laughs> <Saint> Joseph.
1: <laughs> Saint good. Look, Richfield lost quarterback Owen Matthews in the in the first yeah. half um, to an injury on
2: a play that he got hit in the head, but it was not a helmet hit. No, you know I mean, it John
1: and I both had the angle. On I looked video. at. It was right
2: in front of me. It was. It, it was all it was kind of similar to the helmet to helmet hit that was called town. no that was called on um against Greenwich on the winning touchdown drive in their game uh, okay. i d- i'm looking at that play again i don't it's a re- you don't have replay it's a gray area I, yeah. you hear the crack of the helmets and the first reaction is oh my god he helmet to helmet yeah. hit you really i don't think the kids are i don't I, none of these were egregious or or bad yeah i thought at least the, i mean the thing with the i know joe's, i know richfield thought
1: otherwise yeah and and callahan you know spoke about it after the game he he said it to mike uh, for fornabio and it's in the story the this, the thing that i don't know maybe swayed the referees in any sense the st. joe's defense was flying all over the field yeah, they were good. flying mike them, their motor but they're fast, so every hit they make is is hard. It's quick. It's they just come flying out of nowhere, and like there were a lot of big hits in the game. There were a couple. There was another helmet-to-helmet hit called in that game. Um, Richfield really couldn't get their offense going. St. Joe's, the passing game was not as good as it has been. But when you have Jaden Sheard and you could give him the ball, I mean, he rushed for two hundred <laughs> uh, seventy seventy-five. Yeah, that run at the end. Two hundred and fifty-seven yards four touchdowns he had an unbelievable like 40 plus yard run um you know Didn't score score, he, he scored on the next play for a third touchdown but he was great mike morris he had a defensive touchdown cold like i said cold Desilva had a great game uh, that defense is, is unbelievable
2: yeah we've said it a million times they're, they're, they're really good uh as far as other games that went on uh, there were a couple of buzzer beaters right A couple tweet your buzzer beaters yeah a couple <laughs> buzzer beaters northwest catholic uh, deed avon on uh, the final play of the game and then uh Ram won their first game. What twenty one twenty over or, over uh, Hartford Public, and their win. So good! Congrats to those I, teams.
1: Just, I mean, the 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 Northwest Catholic one's a great play, wide open touchdown at the end. Um, but I I recommend that I'm not pumping our Instagram page, so you can go and follow it, but you should. But <laughs> you should do the that. Ram. You got to check out the Ram play. Jake Jake Bordick. He literally just ran. He just kept running around to keep the play alive. And uh, he found Andrew Keene in the end zone for a touchdown, they kicked the extra point to win. But go check out uh, Bordick. He he was running all over the place. It was wild.
2: We'll get to the picks a little bit later, but uh, how about, <laughs> you know, you, you talked about Newington, okay? Uh, Newington, a team that, what, they scored 42 points? They scored only three against Amity, a game you saw a few weeks ago. Amity, we were all, I'm pumping up Amity's defense minus the the Simsbury game, uh, they, where they allowed a 41 Amity goes to play Hillhouse, House for our pick setting, and then Hillhouse just... <laughs> I said, good luck against the Amity defense. And Hillhouse is like, what do you mean? We don't need any luck. Scored 28 points. And Amity scored 25. Yeah. That was a crazy game. Cog and jog hanging on to BHK 7 to nothing. Oof. Wolkett coming out of nowhere, beating Watertown 43 to 21. Another interesting game was Barlow beating Brantford 35-7. Bethel with its first win, 28 18 over Jonathan Law, and uh, Weston still refusing to lose 35-21 over Foreign, your number one team in the state. Daniel Hand beating East line 47-7. The we didn't speak of the poll, Pete, The only change really was Greenwich just dropped one spot, right?
1: Uh, Cheshire got in.
2: Cheshire's in. Hey, Cheshire's Jake McElhinney, Can- you're in finally. Um,
1: Jake McElhinney was at the Greenwich New Canaan game, so I'm on the Porter body line. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He wanted to take a look at what he they, they might potentially be facing uh, down the road there, but uh, yeah, they had the, he, they played Thursday night and he was down there at Greenwich and congrats, Jake. You guys are finally in. You and Ramland can uh, fire up. You are now a ranked team. But Greenwich only dropped one spot. I thought that's perfect.
1: I thought that was. <clears throat> I, I agree with our with our pollsters for once. Yeah, and Ridgefield uh, only dropped to nine.
2: I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think the top – so the top ten bases is Hand, number one, St. Joe, number two, number three is Darien, number four is Granite, number five, Newtown, number six, Bloomfield, your boys, number seven, Ansonia, number eight, Southington, number nine, Ridgefield, and number ten, Cheshire, with Sheen, just a few – well, maybe 30 points behind. But
1: Yeah, Sheen and Simsbury are, are, are a little bit behind.
2: So um, you have Simsbury, which is getting no love from the the voters i'm voting them up and i think they're in my top 10 somewhere but they're getting no love they have their big first big massive test of the season when they face southington on friday night another big game would be middletown how about chris Dennis for middletown thrown for 515 yards and five touchdowns in their wipeout of, of farmington that kid, it's the seventh best passing total all time in state history in a school record obviously Damn. Uh, great job by them, but they they have a big game against Weathersfield uh, to see what's going on in uh, in the, in the Class L standings, and the Simsbury one is Double L. That's a fascinating game. Our guest this week is going to be Eric Knickerbocker of Rockville, whose undefeated Rams are going to be facing their boys, the Fighting Brian Mazones <laughs> of Stafford Summers East Windsor. And a pretty massive uh, game uh, as far as massive Pequot game. Pequot, I guess this is gonna be kind of like for first first place in the in the Pequot, and as far as the state playoffs goes, Rockville's at M sitting there right now at seventh place in Class S. So this game right here, that Rockville's got six wins and they're gonna win a lot more. If somehow Stafford can, can figure out the Rams, that's going to help them out immensely in the Class S playoff race. So it's a lot of points they got there. And I am looking at Staff the rest of Stafford's schedule. They should be able to win most, if not all those other games, until they get the Windsor Locks Suffield East Grammy, which had a, a huge victory last week over Grammy Canton. They came back, scored 20 points in the fourth quarter. My goodness. I think that's in a, a case of where we actually got it right this time. We made a we made a plunge. We set a team to watch for uh, Windsor locks and sure enough they come up and they beat Granby Kent which was cruising along after their overtime loss to uh, Rockville so uh, very interesting things going on at Pequot but elsewhere not a whole heck of a lot going on to be completely honest with you so speaking of that Rockville game we're gonna get to our guest we're gonna ring the bell Pete ring it
1: ring 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 no it's more of a <laughs> dong
2: dong let's ring the bell and bring on Eric Knickerbocker of Rockville Joining us on the show is the second-year head coach of Rockville football. You can ring my bell. <laughs> ring my bell. Look at this. I got the shirt going Everybody, It's Eric Knickerbocker. Eric, <laughs> welcome to the Beat Rider. How you doing today?
0: I'm doing wonderful. What's up, guys?
1: How's it going, coach?
2: So, uh, so far, so good. Look at you guys. It's like... Uh, you guys are absolutely just crushing it. I mean, Mirrors had a great game the other day against Gilbert. Uh, I saw you guys against Cogenshag. It was a show there. Come back from twelve down. Uh, you had the the great OT win against Granby. You guys are just chugging along. How, how do you feel like the kids are doing this, uh, this this in this second year of restoring the Rock Project? <laughs> you
0: know, to be I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, I think things are going things are going. You know the way we want them to go in some aspects but other aspects this this year has been i think harder um really last year no one no one really knew about us and um you know we we really just wanted to turn things around and we put all our effort into that and then that started to happen and now this year we're trying to our kids are trying to learn what it means to to go out there when the target's kind of on your back and you're expected to win like yeah. last year we loved all the games we weren't picked to win and that was easy to get motivated for it in one year, trying to change that whole mindset to be prepared, you're going to get the team's best, and we've seen that the last, I think, couple of weeks where teams are, they're coming right at us, and they, there's, you know, we're not, we're not hiding from anybody.
1: Well, we, we were picking you last year. This was a Rockville friend podcast. <laughs> you
0: year. were on board. You're the right. Dream. You, you're right. You're right. You guys definitely were picking <laughs> us. No, it wasn't you. <laughs>
1: well, at least it definitely was me. <laughs> you guys. <laughs>
2: So you came over from Ellington. You're part of that that Keith Talkis coaching tree, right? Uh, we Absolutely. Were the, you were there with uh, Mazon and and Burn, and uh, when the, everything split up there, you, you go to Rockville. Did you even think? I mean, we we told your story. We have your story up on Game Time TV from a few weeks ago. Um, did you? I mean, were you even shocked? You guys even got in last year? I mean, that was like that wasn't part of the plan. Wasn't make the playoffs first year.
0: Well, I mean, we were shocked that we got in because a million things had to happen at the end of the year for us to get in. Um, that was shocking. I think once we got, you know, established over there and saw who we had on the team and saw the talent, and broke down some of the film. Like, we knew that there was going to be uh, there was going to be a lot of talent. Um, and, and I think that senior class like just bought in right away. That's that's usually what takes time, and that's why I you know I, I I was just so impressed with how quickly they bought into what we were trying to do, and that's why I think we were able to be successful last year.
2: Yeah, and you were. Um... And the funny story, obviously, is when you get there, you talk to the kids about football, and they're like, "Football? This this isn't a football school." When they had no idea that that you know it would it, it had been a state power, it had been a state champion. I mean, in, in the years before, you have a pretty good history, and that's where this has all come about. And uh, but the, still, to get in there <laughs> first year must have been great. And how has that carried over? I mean, you, you lose some key players, but you get some key players back. Yeah, you know, how has that carried over into this year, and what did you, you know, what did you kind of expect?
0: And I think we talk about it with our kids all the time. It, it almost feels like this season is just a continuation of where we were going, and and sometimes you can do that. And there was a lot of momentum at the end of the year last year, just of where we had started and where we were going. And I know even the seniors kind of like said, "Listen, yeah, this is a successful year, but it's just like a start." And um, I remember Nick Foley after we lost to St. Joe said he really can't he can't wait to come back next year and see where where we're going. So I think like the kids definitely own that right away like okay we had a great year but is this a one in you know it's kind of a a shot in the dark here are we gonna we're gonna do something here and i think um that's been fun but that's been that's been challenging and trying to to learn like you know to to go from good to great doesn't seem like a lot but it's 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 a huge it's a huge change you got to improve so many different things just to go from being an okay pretty good team to a really good really good team
1: yeah, well, one of the main reasons, and I, I think it was not really a surprise, but how quickly he picked up the position, but John O'Coin replacing Ben Ambrose, who I think was a three-year starter at Rockville, and now you're going with a, with a John O'Coin, who, who's such a good athlete, but he's not just beating it with his legs, he, he's throwing the ball really well, too. How has his progression been from saying, hey, you're going to be our starter, to now him playing at such a high level?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I mean, we have, there's just unbelievable support. Um, you know, the quarterback coach, coach El was, was my, uh, offensive coach in Ellington. He's got about 30 years experience and then Ben's come back to this year. And, uh, I think John would be the first to tell you guys that those supports have been, you know, amazing for him. And he would also tell you that the position is, is very challenging and every day, you know, he's working on something and he's kind of had to own that, that, you know, in one year, you're not going to pick up quarterback, like it's just not going to happen. But, um, you know, he's ex- kind of accepted that you're not going to be perfect in a year, but he's worked his butt off to to do the things he's done, and and he's a very talented athlete, and he's he's a you know a huge competitor. So he's uh, he's definitely risen to the occasion for us all year, and uh, we're we're really happy um, that we we kind of went in that direction and and asked him if he'd be interested in the position.
1: And then you know, obviously, uh Dawkins. Yeah, know, it's a lot of easy. Far. So it's very easy when you have a receiver yeah. like him to throw to. And, you know, Sean's seen him twice, and, and every time he just comes back more and more impressed with how good of a player he is. And, and I got to talk to him earlier this year. He seems like a very quiet kid. But when he's out there on the field, he, he's a monster.
0: Yeah, he's – I mean, I've coached for 15 years. He's he's right up there with the most talented kids I've ever coached. And, um, yeah, he's very quiet and um, – you know, but he just goes about his business, works hard. He never complains, never asks for the ball, none of that kind of stuff. He's just a great, great kid that, you know, we have to try to get the ball to him more um, sometimes because he's not, you know, he's not going to demand it. Although um, his play definitely, definitely does, and he's he's a lot better than he was last year. And I think, you know, we um, we go to a lot of passing leagues, and we play some bigger schools in the passing leagues. And I remember last summer he kind of got pushed around. We were playing, I think, Bloomfield one game and Windsor, and and he goes, "What do I got to do, coach?" I said, "Well, you got to get stronger." So. He really committed himself he's probably 15 or 20 pounds stronger you know in the weight room this year and i think that's really helped him um you know as grow as a player and 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 rise to the occasion because he's getting double teamed most games uh most teams are bracketing him and yeah so he's getting used to that this year he
2: he did get a little shut down against gramby i think they did a nice job on him defensively in that game because game you guys Mm -hmm. were able to pull out i mean thanks to a coin you know picking up the fumble at the end and you know that was just a crazy crazy game but uh so this week uh this is a you know this is a big game this is this is your guy this is uh brian you guys have coached together for how long i mean you guys are really close friends i know how tight-knit the you know the ellington stafford now rockville tree is up there what's uh what what's your mindset going into this game and you know obviously brian lost his father and that was pretty emotional and and they seem to be doing playing pretty well and they only there are one ot from being undefeated at this point
0: yeah i mean what he's done up there is just unbelievable i mean i i, I kind of consider brian like a, my older brother um when I broke into coaching that my first year of coaching actually was Brian's first year at Ellington as well. So I was just yeah. out of high school and he kind of took me under his wing and showed me the ways Brian. Would, and and I learned a lot from him. And I think like, as we kind of grew and he was a little, he's a little bit older than me. Um, but um, I think we kind of grew together in coaching. And then he kind of went away, went to Fermi for a few years and then came back to Ellington. And, and um, you know, that's where I think we really kind of developed. And I think um, when coach talk has stepped down, both of our roles changed um, in Ellington and, and he was like the co he was like the, he did all the special teams and, um, and I was doing the defense and we both had like, you know, in pretty big responsibilities. I think we both kind of learned how to, to really coach, um, under Sean those, those years. And, yeah. you know, when he, when he left for Stafford, I think, I think our relationship's only gotten better, honestly, even though we don't, cause sometimes when we work together, we would, man, we would, <laughs> we, 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 would go at it. We were working together. We had a couple of stories. I don't have enough time or probably the right words to say I'm on the air, but, uh, you know in games where we would argue because we i mean really i treat i, I count on like a brother and um you know so this it, is always an exciting game no matter what and like last year i think they were six and oh we were five and one we played and this year is like the same thing it's uh you know so it's it, it, and you just know with brian's teams no matter you no matter what and you know they're going to come at you they're going like, to be physical and you know that they're going to have every situation covered and that's something brian's you know mm-hmm. i've tried to learn from brian is you you can't be over prepared and you know, coaching with him this summer in the All-Star game, that was an awesome experience and just kind of reminded me of how detail-oriented he is and making sure he covers everything.
2: You guys have, like, basically cornered the northern part of the... Like, the <laughs> the running joke with me, especially when I first started with uh, Game Time CT, was that, like, the, the it's like no man's land up there. Nobody knows anything. We'd never, ever heard from any of those teams. <laughs> we never got any information. We sent stuff to Rockville. We didn't really hear anything. We didn't hear anything from Windsor Locks. We didn't hear anything from... You know uh, those, and now you guys have been dispersed into the northern you know, the Uncas Pequot teams up there. You guys have completely taken over, and now it's like you guys are all great. I mean, you know, even Sean's team, uh, Ellington, they're they're coming back, they're, they're playing well. You guys have brought brought a lot of excitement to football up in the. the I don't want to say it's a quiet corner because it's not quite a quiet <laughs> corner, but you know, you guys have brought some
0: excitement up there to the northern part. Well, I mean, the Uncas is because. I, I, I played obviously at Ellington and been in the Pequot League my whole playing and coaching life. So we've kind of always been told that, you know, we're a small co-op league and traditionally the Uncas, you know, the Secaucus division has kind of taken it to us yeah. you know, most years. I mean, you, you would always have the really good teams on our side, but this year it's been like, it's crazy. That the, and I know we're not two divisions, but the side, the the Northern side, yep. is just every week you, you play one of those teams and they can all play and they're all physical and, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty incredible to see and um you know I've always said I think you know for the Pequot League when when Valley won that state title I think it changed a lot of mindsets of people in our league and I know North Brantford had a couple of runs I remember going to their state final game a couple of years before oh, yeah. that but when Valley won, when Valley won I just think that changed the mindset for kids coaches everywhere like hey listen it can be done like we were told that forever you know a co-op can't win or a small school can't win or a Pequot school you're not prepared and and, now, you, and then, now you're watching what Brian's done at Stafford. and You know, he's a play away from being in the state finals. HK's in the state finals last year. So I think, you know, sometimes you need to see some success for people to believe. And then I think the, the whole overall football has just gone up and gone up uh, ever since. So tell,
2: tell me a little bit about uh, Stafford. You know, they, uh, they lost a lot of stars from last year, but uh, they're still pretty good.
0: Yeah, they're, they're really good. And, and what's what's interesting is, you know, I did that also game with Brian, so I got to meet all of his stars from last year and um, talk about unbelievable kids. And uh, they, they um, you know, as good of players they were, I think, and I worked with them for a couple of weeks, they're just better kids. And uh, that's kind of what Brian says. He's got, he's got great kids. And uh, I think when you have great kids that work hard and they believe, you know, they're going to be good. And he's got a great blueprint over there. I mean, what what the number 11, their, their sophomore has been doing this year is unbelievable. Last year we had a JV game against him. He goes, well, don't worry, my freshman stud didn't play, so I guess he didn't play in that game (laughs) because he played this year. Um, He's already got depth. Look at this. Yeah, and and, uh, you know, we saw their quarterback. We saw let play a little bit last year, and I knew I knew they'd be they would be they would be fine. Honestly, with Brian coaching, they have enough numbers. I mean, I know he wants to have more kids, but um, you know, in and their youth program have been good for a long time, and you know, all, all of it together, once you start winning and you buy into the culture, like that's, that's what Brian has rolling right now. And, um, you know, it's impressive. And like, I think even he was worried this year, but I was like, Brian, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're, <laughs> you're going to be fine. And they've kind of like, they, they have, and, and they've, they're getting better each week. And that's, that's, it's, you just watch their film. Like each week they're getting better because now you got new guys and new roles that are accepting those roles and, and realizing the responsibilities on them and, and the other guys are gone. So that's, you know, we're we're preparing for a very, very good team, and 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 um, there's no doubt about it that they're they're one of the best in the league.
1: Well, so now that you already, you know, uh, you outed Brian for being older than you yeah. a couple of questions ago. <laughs> but you know how, much older <laughs> much older <laughs> how is that relationship when you guys played uh when you guys coach against each other because of the history of, of coaching together at Ellington and, and now the all-star game and, and it's pretty widely known that uh, that you guys are such great friends what's that like when you guys you know meet at center at uh, at midfield before the game is or you know do you guys talk the week leading into when you guys play each other or don't talk yeah or don't <laughs> well, talk well first
0: of all <laughs> he doesn't know why we're not doing the interview together he's he's mad at, he's mad he said why are we doing this together i so said that would that would have been an interesting that would have been a great idea because we we talk we talk every day i mean we text throughout the day every day um this week we won't talk like x's and o's will be gone for this week and uh things like that but um we we do communicate on a pretty much a daily basis um you know most of our sunday conversations are about the new york giants and not just train wow, wreck but um, again yeah, yeah during the week we, we were talking football i mean we talk every day and um so that doesn't change and you know the thing that the I think both of our teams know. The teams know the respect between uh, between our coaching staff and, and Stafford and, and Brian and myself. And I think you know they they know that and they have no problem with it. And uh, what was really really interesting and it was just like it just showed how kids sometimes pick up on things more than adults. Um, when you know when we found out about Brian's father, we were at a we were at a uh team dinner and we found out and immediately the kids came right to me and said you know they wanted to pass the word on to brian and, and to myself and all this stuff and it was just like they they can sense how close we are um and the kids that got to do that played the all-star game last year for our team um they got to work with brian and, and they got to wear the Stafford jersey in practice which he <laughs> loved having them wear by the way um they just you know they, they 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 can just tell you know there's there's a you know there's a brotherly love between us and we fight a lot, but uh, at the end of the day, like man, uh, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna not talk the week of the game or before the game or talk across the field during the game. We're gonna do all of it. Of course, we're gonna try to keep, kick each other's butt, but that's <laughs> that's you know that's not gonna change how we feel about each other.
2: So uh, just to quickly switch gears a little bit, this should be a great game. It's gonna be at your place, 6:30 Friday night. That should be fun
0: under the lights for the first time. We haven't been under the lights in uh, a couple of years. It feels like yeah so <laughs> i'm yeah. going to be there
1: i'm very and
2: you'll be able to ring if you win you'll be able to ring the bell right in front of everybody <laughs> you know so that'd be great that's the goal but, yeah um but what my quick question is how was the windsor locks week because you teach in the windsor locks school system how was that week leading in there you guys beat them 41 nothing a team that has proven itself it's it's in the mix and you guys first week you guys just blew out of the water what was that week like for you
0: yeah, so, I mean, we, we knew windsor Locks going to be very good, and they are very good. I think we um, – you know, one of the things we looked at getting ready for the season is we had to get ready for one of the better teams we we're going to play week one. And, like, last year we played Cromwell week one, and we we weren't ready. Just So this year we, you know, we tried to scrimmage bigger schools than us and schools that ran some of the same stuff. So, like, we scrimmage against South Windsor was, was really big for us. Um, we scrimmaged Enfield, Tylan. Like, some of those – some are either bigger schools or tough schools. And I think – that definitely helped us. And then we scrimmaged at SMSA the week before like Ooh. the pregame. So we kind of felt like this year we were, we were a little bit more battle tested and ready to go than we were last year. And I think that, that helped us. And, and um, we also, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like working in the school district and all that, that's, that's fun on its own on its own. Cause I, I you know, I'm really good friends with Jason quality coaching at Windsor Locks. He's done a great job there. He's been, he's been there for a while now. Yeah. And um, he's been telling me about this class for a while. So, I mean, they weren't going to, they weren't going to, sneak by us, and, and we weren't going to pay attention, and we were in passing leagues with them, and, and we knew that they would um, be very talented, and, and our kids just wanted to kind of prove themselves, because I think that was the first night where everyone was like, alright, you know, what's Rockville going to be now? They, they they had the run last year, but they lost a lot of guys. They're probably going to take a step back, and I think that's where our kids really thought they could show everybody, hey, listen, this, we're just getting started. That was kind of the, the mindset that week, and I think you know it was one of those games we got out right away, and I think that that kind of yeah. changed the whole course of the game. I'm looking
2: at the class M standings now. You guys are number 1 in class M. woo woot. look at this. Um, and uh, and a win over Stafford with all, with the points that they would give you, that's going to pre- I wouldn't say it puts you in cuz you still got to play Coventry and Morgan and Ellington. But uh, it would it's going to look pretty good if you guys get you, know, you look at class M, you got Windsor Locks in there at 7. They they're not done yet either. What you know? Killing these two, Weston. How do you like? I mean, now that St. Joe is out of there, which I'm sure you're
1: thrilled, thrilled. with. Thrilled.
2: How do you like? What do you think of Class M uh, standings right now, or, or who you potentially could I, face in a potential <laughs> playoff if you get there?
0: You know the thing that we try not—we try not to look ahead because, in, in like last year at this point of the year, if you looked at where the standings were and how they ended up, like, yeah. so many of these teams are going to play each other. Even the Pequot teams, because you've got SMSA, Windsor Locks, Granby—they're all going to like a lot of those teams are all going to play each other still. So it's going to be crazy. And then some of the other leagues are still going to all play each other. So it really—it's really tough to, to kind of look ahead. And then, you know, we talk about with our kids as soon as you start to look ahead, and you know, you're going to—you know—we we, got to play good teams still. I mean, Coventry scoring like a million points a game and. And Ellington is much improved from last year and they played us tough last year just cause that, that rivalry is yeah. pretty, uh, it's pretty, it's going to be a pretty, it's going to be a pretty good game in Ellington this year. So like, I don't think our kids have really, I don't think as a coaching staff or even us, we've really been able to look ahead just because we know, you know, each week it seems like we've had a big game and, um, you know, we, we're not there yet. We're, we're happy where we're at. Um, you know, I, I, obviously I, you know, we Chad, Chad Neal was on that team, uh, coaching that staff too. So I got to know Chad over the summer. So, Kind of touch, you know. Stayed in touch with him, and I know, you know, our our freshman team went up and played them last week, and it didn't go too well. So, <laughs> they're they're rolling people over so like they always do.
2: Well, maybe the, the but, varsity you know, can get a little bit of revenge then. I don't know. <laughs> <of that> <laughs>
0: but but yeah, so like you know, it's it's interesting because I do. It's weird this year because we know right now a lot of the teams in the mix. Like I, we know more of these people, so it's actually strange. Like sometimes you you know. You uh, you don't know some of the teams like you just don't know them and you, you really have no idea. But this year has been a little bit different um, that so many teams in our league are competitive right there, too. It makes it really interesting. But you, you just don't know how it's going to finish out.
1: Oh, coach, we I would be remiss if uh, we had you on and we didn't talk about the latest uh, Star Wars trailer. I know you're a big uh, you're a big Star Wars guy. Uh, the playbook. If, uh, he, he showed me it was off the record, but it is Star Wars-themed, um, which I love. So I just wanted to know, what is your yeah. feel on uh, kind of the, the wrapping up of the third trilogy?
0: Yeah, so, like, where, where are they going to go? And, and here's the thing. The thing that's really disappointing, we may have a Star Wars playbook, but none of my kids really like Star Wars, so... No. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm glad that when you came to practice, I could just talk about Star Wars because that's <laughs> one of the reasons I make all the plays called Star Wars so we can, you know, talk about it. But they don't, they don't, they don't, don't want to go for it. But how's it going to play out? You know, I literally have no idea. Um, I'm I'm pretty excited that Abrams, JJ Abrams, is back, uh, kind of running the deal, and I think I would be, I would, I would definitely expect some fan service. I would definitely, you know, I'm I'm going all in on. And we're gonna see Obi Wan Kenobi and and Anakin Skywalker. If I see those two people in the movie, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be thrilled. So <laughs> I, I got all... my tickets already bought. I got tickets for like the first three days in a row. So there it is. I'm I ready, gotta I gotta listen.
2: I gotta be honest here. I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up. I had, my mom, whose birthday was just uh, two days ago, Happy birthday, ma! Um, <laughs> bought literally would scour s- Toys R Us, Caldors, wherever you want you get to get every single toy on our Christmas wish list. I had the entire original sock, Kenner toys. I had the whole thing. I was Mr. Star Wars. I still think Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest movies of all time. I cannot get behind these 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 three. I cannot. J.J. Abrams, I, I, Abrams, my generation, he's just not doing it for me. It's too much fan service. It's not, it's just, this is, I don't like it. <laughs> I've just thrown that out there. You, I'm, I'm, nothing I'm against not anybody Wars, yeah. else. That's just me.
0: I'm not one of those. See, you're one of those Star Wars fans. One of those guys that's you got to always go back to the originals. I just like it all. I mean, because yeah. it's gonna be over at some point. So i just, I accept it. You know, there's some things I like, some things yeah. I don't like as much, but overall I like it. Um, Th- this storyline
2: you know, just, like just makes no else. sense to me. That's all. It just makes. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Well, we I, don't know how it's gonna end yet. It's, it's just, all gonna all come. All right. Together. Well, maybe it'll all come out. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to see it because I've come this far. <laughs> but. Yeah, you,
0: you gotta see it. Like you can't like. A, some of my friends are like, yeah, I just I won't watch these movies. So I was like, well, all right, whatever. You're I'm, not going to know how it's going to end.
2: I'm more the books guy. I, I, I don't consider this canon. I consider the books that they wrote after Jedi – the canon like that that's with thrawn and Extended all that universe stuff. all that i stuff. like
0: these, i yeah, think there.
1: i think a great video the three of us should go watch we it together it, yeah and then we should do a video after with our recaps
0: yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm in i'm in i'll give you the reactions all right as long as you guys are wearing the ring the bell shirts if you wear the ring the bell we shirts, have it man. right here we have them don't worry we have <laughs> right here coach. Bring and, I, and I will be there friday night so. all right coach
2: well we appreciate <laughs> you coming on good luck this week and uh i am Absolutely certain we will see you down the road. Uh, we'll actually see you this Friday night, but uh, we will definitely see you down the road. So thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit about
0: your team this year. All right. Thanks, guys, for all the support you give to all the programs and athletes around the states. It's, it's awesome. So we appreciate it. Awesome, Coach. Thanks, thanks. Coach.
1: Appreciate it. All right. All right.
2: Bye-bye. Later. Yep. So, Pete, that was... Of course, Eric Knickerbocker, who, you know, I didn't really get into it, but I I remember how excited he was that I was going up there to cover the Ellington uh, versus Stafford game the first time they played when it was still the split, the kids who had played at Ellington the year before. and he was sending me all sorts of stuff. oh how about this oh this is you don't know this but Brian yeah. and I and this and that and yeah and Keith and you know so it's just It's just an amazing job it, they've
1: done it really is he, he's he's one of the best we've talked about Brian on the show uh, numerous amount of times. Brian's one of the best. It's really fun to see them being such good friends and now not only coaching in the same conference and against each other but bringing these programs to such a high level where they weren't before. And uh, when you coach programs like that, it is really about the coaching. You know, you need to get in and, and you need to get them to the buy in. And coaching is such an important part of the Pequot Conference. And you, you look at all the teams that are successful in the Pequot and you look at their coaches and you're like, those are some of the best coaches in the state.
2: That, that whole tree there has done an amazing job. And don't forget, Rockville was CCC a few years ago. Could Not get it done there. I was, I'm curious how this team would be doing in this in the CCC. Maybe part of it has been part of their renaissance here is because they got out of that league.
1: Maybe, but, but we've seen we talked about Lewis Mills going yeah. from the, the the Pequot to the CCC and they're five and one. So, yeah, so I guess it depends they're... on where they would have been put.
2: All right, so with that all done, the picks.
1: The picks, we had a great week last week. Yeah, oh uh, the, only, the only thing I'm going to mention a lot of a lot of six and fours. Uh, this past week, but I think the one thing we have to mention is the eight ball went seven and three. Oh, uh, (laughs) the eight ball. The eight ball went seven and three. The
2: eight ball never goes seven and three. And when the the eight ball's going seven and three and beating the field, that's, you know. It was
1: chaos. (laughs) It was was absolute chaos. I got absolutely
2: obliterated. Hill uh, Hill Hillhouse gave me gave us all the business. Yep. Darianne, of course, Dave Stewart, you know, the only guy who picked them, and everyone's trying to figure out why, you know. I mean, he gave a nice answer in Jake's column, but you know, he's the Darian guy. He's, he's a Darian, been Darian guy. Come you come came in for so long. Obviously Luck of the draw, but he them. but it puts him at the top of the standings. I'm just you know, I mean, Doug, who's covering women's basketball, he's killing it too. I don't get it. I don't they're know.
1: Doing, they're they're doing research. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the standings heading into week eight, uh, Doug and Mike Fornabio are 50 and 20, which is good. Having Mike being number one, he's our football writer. He should be number one. Uh, so glad to see there. Then uh, Lacey, Ryan Lacey, who got a lot of love from Newington. Oh, Lacey was the only one that pick Newington. And let me just say, the way the Newington kids reacted to no one <laughs> picking them and winning was awesome. So much fun. They were just, they played into it. It was really cool. Because, again, this is fun. But Lacey and Dave Stewart are 49-21. So, uh, then up next is Bowley and McNamee are 48-22. <laughs> And two, and after after that is me at forty seven and twenty three. So from first to seventh, they're separated by three games. Hmm. Then it kind of falls off. So Tim Murphy's forty five and twenty five. He's five back. That's a lot. Hmm. Uh, Erickson is forty three and twenty seven. Bill Bloxham is forty two and twenty eight. Joe Morelli is forty and thirty. And the eight ball back over five hundred at thirty seven and thirty three.
2: You don't want to fall back by more than three games. No. Nope. That's especially now we're going into week eight. We got about, let's see, nine, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Are we doing playoffs with this? Oh, we're, we're going to do. Oh, we're going all the way.
1: We're huh? going all the way. We're going to do 10 of the biggest Thanksgiving games. Okay. Obviously. And then uh, we're going to go all 16 first playoff so, games, all, you know, then eight, then four, then two. Then, you so know, there's plenty
2: of there. time left. But you don't want to fall back by more than three games at this point because no. if you do, that's that's trouble. So this is going to be a, ne- a critical week for the pickers
1: this week. Yeah, this week's this week's big, and and we got some good games on the slate.
2: All right, well let's hey, let's run it down, Pete. Here we go. All right, I'm gonna let's save, get a little music going. I'm
1: gonna save uh, I'm gonna save the first one for last. It's the I think it's the biggest game. Okay. Uh, all right, so we're gonna start off Middletown at Weatherfield. Middletown coming off the big win. You talked about Chris. He threw for five hundred yards. Chris Danis had a great game. Weathersfield sitting there at
2: 5-1. Well, Pete, uh, Weathersfield, uh, Matt McKinnon's done a really nice job there. Their only loss is to Daniel Hand. Uh, the guys have been playing well for them. Connor Pace, their senior receiver. Uh, they have an experienced uh, offensive line. Uh, they actually, remember, they actually had that lead over Hand, and that kind of shocked everybody a little bit, And uh, as, as those things tend to do. Middletown didn't look great against Maloney a few weeks ago in that loss. Big, huge win against Farmington. They know now this kid's capable of doing 500 yards is, is, is no joke. He's got a lot of good wide receivers, too. I mean, it's hard to pick against a Sal Morello coach team, but I just really love the way uh, Weatherfield's been playing, especially on the defensive end, the defensive side this year. I'm going to go with the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Eagles, too. I think a lot of people are like, oh, this team can only pass. This team can only pass. You know, we talked about uh, Connor Pace and quarterback Matt Silva, mm. Silver as well. But last week... Their running back, John Orsino, rushed for three touchdowns in the win against Bristol Eastern. So, hey, maybe the Eagles are figuring out the running game, and they're kind of putting it all together right now. I mean, they're 5-1. and one. They're on the back end of their schedule. It seems like they're only getting better. I mean, look, your only loss is to Daniel Hand. I mean, yeah, get in line with everyone else. We talked about their defense. You remove the Hand game. They have three shutouts, and they've allowed 22 points all season. I'm going to go with Wethersfield as... Well. They
2: play Maloney next week, too, so this is a big game for them. Yeah. Big moment, and then they have Hall after that, and then Newington. Talk about your schedules.
1: Yeah, we're going you know, we to learn a lot of last of, week. We're going to learn gonna a gonna lot learn about, about, team. about the CCC. Simsbury's got Southlington Big Maloney's moment got, for Middletown as well. Maloney's got a big schedule coming up. The is really going to really gonna figure themselves out. Next up into the ECC, we got 4-2 East Line versus 3-2 New London.
2: New London, your Bridgeport City champions <laughs> after beating <laughs> Harding and BASIC last week. Um you know, and then East Lime, top spot. Also lost to Daniel Hand. Top spot. he get run over by Daniel Look, Hand. Look,
1: their two losses are to Daniel Hand and NFL.
2: Uh, yeah. I don't think New London's at the at their level, and they've had a pretty good go of it. I'm going to go with the
1: Vikes. Yeah, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with East Lime. Up next, we're going down to the Hack. We got two and four Staples at four and two Wilton. Man, what is going
2: on, at Staples? Ooh, they, they got run over by North Haven last, uh, two weeks ago, and then last week New Canaan, for the most part, kind of kind of ran them over. They got some soul searching to do down there uh, as well. But it was good to see Jake Thaw get back at quarterback a little bit. I thought I thought they they were able to score a heck of a lot more when he's in there. He just seems to change the kind of dynamic of the team when then he's in there and uh, but that was a tough loss for them they 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 are just struggling this year they're in full spoiler mode now uh, they're playing a Wilton team that yeah they didn't they didn't play great against uh, Ridgefield uh, the other week but they did uh, roll past Benell last week I mean I, I
1: both Wilton's losses are to St. Joe's and Ridgefield and maybe their offense didn't play well against Ridgefield but their defense played excellent they kept it very close versus Ridgefield um, it was zero-zero into the second when Ridgefield scored on a, on a double on a double pass by uh, by backup quarterback McNamara. But Wilton's not a bad team. They just uh, they're playing a tough schedule. Again, two losses to two top-10 teams. That's never easy for anybody. Uh, which Staples team are we going to see? Which Staples defense are we going to see this week?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think if you have uh, Thaw in there, I think it makes them a. A little more dangerous, just just because he's been there a while, he knows what he knows what's going on. Uh, but that said, I, I I think Wilton's just showing itself to be more the more veteran team. Uh, Goblin at the the, the big fella, six four, two ninety five, and the anchor in the offensive line. Drew Phillips, part of the the Phillips clan, the Wilton Phillips clan. The, uh, and then you have Kyle Hizzy and all those guys. They put on a show last week. I like the way they play. I mean, listen, yeah, like he said, they they play the two, they played two of the top teams in the league. The Ridgefield one, you kind of shake your head out of it. You just could not find a way to score. I don't think they're going to have that problem with Staples. I like the Warriors.
1: I know you do, and I do too, but I like Jake Thaw back at quarterback. If Jake Thaw is going to be playing quarterback next week or this weekend for Staples, he played well against New Canaan. They scored three touchdowns against New Canaan. I'm going with Staples. I'm going with Jake Thaw. All
2: right. You're on the thought train. I am
1: on. I was on the thought train at the beginning of the year. I'm happy to see that he's back under center. I think that experience, being a quarterback for so long in that, you know, for that program. Look, he's had three coaches in three years. Yeah, that's not easy. But I think he's an unbelievable. He might be a top three athlete in the FCS. Yeah, he's a great athlete. And uh, so because of that, I think that we're going to see a different Staples team. I'm going with Staples.
2: All right. You're hoping Thaw puts the deep freeze on Wilton.
1: Ooh. That was good. <laughs> yeah, you like that? Yeah, I do. All right. We talked to him earlier in the show. We talked about this game earlier in the show. This is a big Pequot game. 4-1 and one Stafford co-op at 6-0 and 0 Rockville.
2: I love Stafford's defense. They did a nice job. They've done a nice job so far this year. They only lost in overtime by a point to Granby in the first game of the year. Uh, they've been playing pretty well. I mean, it's just a testament to what Brian's been able to do, especially you know, given the, the tragedy with his father, and the team rallying around him. They're riding an emotional wave right now. But Rockville, man, you know, like we said to Eric Knickerbocker, the, the weapons have just been tremendous. Do four, we Chris Mirez, O'Coin throwing dimes at, at quarterback. They have guys. I, I loved how they came back against Cog and Chug. I have a hard time on, at home picking against the Rockville Rams. They're going to ring the bell. I'm going with the Rams. Rockville, baby, over Stafford. Mark it down.
1: <laughs> I'm in agreement. Uh, I just think Rockville is the team to beat this year in the Pequot. I think this is a playoff team in an open M that can make a run. Like Stafford did last year in S. I think this is it. I think... You know, Eric said, like, this was the plan, you know, this and this. But I think getting here, what, as a little... <laughs> Let me restart. <clears throat> Sorry. I think this is the Rockville team. This is the team that can make a run in M, that will not only get in and have a home game or possibly two home games. They're a state championship contender. They are Pete. a state championship contender team. John O'Coin, Jaquan Dufar, they are good. They are very good. I'm going with Rockville. The Rock... I think the rock is. Po- I think the rocks restored this the rock. Year. Yeah, the rocks restored. I think I mean, the rock. I know that. Restored I know that they year. want to stay championship. I there. think. I think the rock is restored. Killingly
2: is going to have something to say about that. There's a lot of teams that we didn't mention in Class M that could get in and they're going to rock the boat there. But I like the Rams too.
1: I like the Rams. All right, mm. and I just love everything behind this game. I love the storylines and stuff. It's just incredible. Uh, we're gonna go to the NVL one and five St. Paul, coming off their first win. Yeah, verse three and three. It's Crosby. Verse three and three. Walket Wilkett Where Wulkit come from? Wulkit. I don't. What's going on
2: over there? Chris Daryl. has got the guy. You know. You know. They they were a playoff team last year, miraculously because they probably should have forfeited out of it. But uh, but so but the guys have been playing. They they knocked off Seymour. They knock off. Uh, they knock off Watertown, which I'm shocked at. I thought Watertown would have something better than that. They were one of the better teams going in. Uh, but Wilkitt's knocking off teams left and right. In the end. But what
1: what happened at the beginning of the season? Uh, they, they opened up against Naugatuck. That's never easy. shutout loss. They beat Oxford, and then they lost two in a row to Torrington-Woodland. So,
2: woolkit has been a victim of its schedule. St. Paul, you know, they've been competitive in the games, just not quite ready for primetime like Wilkitt's been what proven itself they beat watertown they beat seymour by a point this is the type of game that they should win pretty easily i'm gonna go with the eagles
1: yeah i'm gonna go with the eagles as well um i just i don't think st paul's there i don't think they're there yet fair enough all right now we're going over the sec this is an interesting matchup and i'm i'm torn i'm torn in this game we got three and three xavier who's coming off two wins and a great game against Shelton that they could have won. And they're they're traveling to West Haven to play the 4-2 Green Knights who are after losing their first two games of the year, to Hand and St. Joe's on a four-game win streak.
2: This is a team Pete off the air said it was probably going to go
1: 8-2. I did. I did, I, I did. Look, how many teams want to start their year against Hand and St. Joe's?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, listen, who did yeah. Notre
1: Dame piss off to get that?
2: Yeah, they must have done something to Al Carbone's breakfast because, uh, <laughs> because I don't know what they deserve to get that. But Notre Dame playing well, they 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 hung on to beat Amity. That was a big win last week against Fitch. Jackson Zielinski was uh, 15 for 22 for 256 yards, two TD passes, also had a touchdown rushing. Tommy Candelora, the hero of the Amity game, he had eight catches on 152 yards wow. and a touchdown. They have a good, their offense is that's a they're picking it up. Fitch is a team by the way, that beat the heck out of Xavier yep. back on week two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Xavier, though, as we mentioned earlier, they're starting to feel it, Xavier. They they, they took Shelton to the limit, couple gambles, didn't pay off, great play uh, at the goal line to keep that one going. This is, a, <laughs> this is a tough game. This
1: is a tough game because when you lose two games to start a season in, in that fashion, it's hard to stay mentally there. It's hard to come to practice and say, we're going to win the next one or we're going to try because they got their doors blown off twice. Tommy, you spoke about him, he had the two big plays and he had the fumble return in hand and he had the big touchdown yeah. against St. Joe's. Good play. Obviously, Mark F. Thierry, very good running back, playing very well for them. But they came out and they beat up Platt, who had, still at the time was still, yeah. you know, Speaking we're thinking. what happened yeah, to Platt last week. I don't week. know. Really? You know, they beat a really good Amity, a very good defensive Amity team. They beat Bunnell and they beat a Fitch team that beat Xavier.
2: Dominated Xavier. I mean, he was close, and they pulled away. this is a
1: different Xavier team. This is, this a, is yeah, definitely not the same Xavier team from September 13th. Yeah,
2: this is a Xavier team that basically took Fairfield, uh, beat Fairfield Prep, came back, and then took Shelton, big bad Shelton, to the limit. Xavier's back, folks. Guess what? They're
1: back. They're I'm there. going
2: with the Falcons. Duke Crumb and the boys. Ryan Miner is going to make some plays. I'm going with the Falcons.
1: Oh, I... I, I am torn. Like I said before this pick, I was thinking Xavier. Who do you got, Pete? I'm, I'm going with Notre Dame because ah. I have said I think Notre Dame's going 8-2 and two this year. All right. I think they can win out their schedule and go 8-2. and two. Now, whether or not that results in a playoff spot, it remains to be seen. But I think this is a very good team who just had a really crappy schedule at the beginning of the year. And now they're putting it on everybody else. I'm going with Notre Dame.
2: Notre Dame. I'm going with Xavier. Let's go, Drew Crum. Let's go, guys. Andy, get him fired up.
1: (laughs) So there you have it. Okay, next game, Pete. Next game into the SWC. We got 1-5 Pomparag at 0-6 Bennell.
2: I really thought Pomparag, Pete, would uh, be a little better than it's been. They they opened up the season with Bethel, which got its first win last week. Congratulations, Bethel, knocking off Jonathan Law. Um, But... uh, they just haven't, just not been able to put it together this year. It's going to take a little more while. I mean, I, even Benell, I thought would be a little better than this, but they, you know, they just got gutted by graduation and such. I mean, benel has been; they're both been. You know, I'm going with Benel. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with the, I'm going with the Bulldogs.
1: I'm going with Benel as well. Um, I think they are a little bit better than their record shows. Again, this is uh, this was their schedule: Barlow, North Haven, Fitch massic notre dame and Wilkins. yeah that's tough look we we killed banel last year for their schedule
2: yeah this one's ridiculous. this one's
1: a lot different
0: yes yeah, this is
1: right. a lot harder of a schedule banel has struggled in their uh banel has struggled in their last five games yeah um i'm going with the bulldogs who let the dogs out banel bulldogs over Pomperog
2: Pete, you're right the the banel schedule has been absolutely brutal uh, Pomprogs, not so much. Um, and Benel's showing you some stuff, especially early on in the game. They just kind of get worn down at the end. I think binell finally gets off the snide. I'm going with the Bulldogs.
1: Who let the dogs out? <laughs> Next game. Next game, CTC, 4-2, Chaney Tech Beavers at 5-1, and one, Thames River, Water. Crusaders. Things. Crusaders. I, why wouldn't they be water or something? Right. Thames River, Splash Splash. The winner of this game has the clear road to the playoffs. You can't really lose that many games in the CTC. Um, they did an
2: amazing job, uh, Thames. River. Thames
1: River's only lost to Bullard Havens.
2: Yeah, they got smoked.
1: Yeah, well, everyone gets smoked by Bullard Havens in the in, in the Tech Conference.
2: And Cheney Tech has been right there with everybody else uh, so far this season. Really tough game here for me to pick, but uh, what do I? Well, who do I pick here? This is tough.
1: All uh, right. Well, I'm going to give you my pick. All I'm right. going with Thames River. Their offensive coordinator, Coach Smith, follows me on Twitter, and he <laughs> listens to the podcast every week. That's why I'm going with Thames River.
2: Just be, and I'm going just I'm going Cheney Tech. I'm going with the Beavers because because, uh, because you're going with Thames River. That's why I'm going with the Beavers. <laughs> I need to ma- I need to make up. Well, I need to make up some moves, and I need to put my put some distance between you and me. That's what I'm going. But I, I Thames River is on a really nice job. They've really flown underneath the radar. Cheney Tech playoff team last year. Yeah. I feel like they're uh, they'll be right in the mix again. Big test for them. I think they passed with flying colors. I'm going with the Beavers.
1: Now we're down to our second to last game. Not it might not be, well it definitely isn't a game that jumps off the board to say, Oh my god, we need to watch this game. But this is a very awesome Bridgeport City game. Yeah. Owen six basic, coached by Desmond Lyman, former West Haven stud. Former classmate of mine at Southern. We took math together. Yeah. You were at, his tutor, right? <laughs> well, I don't know. We just sat in the back and we both didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> <I'll go. laughs> and the then, truth uh, comes out. Yeah. And then uh, over at Bridgeport Central, also 0 6, coached by Derek Lewis. They played together at West Haven. They played together at God. Southern. There's, I mean, it's crazy. Like, now I'm like, not that I'm aging myself, but I'm like, I remember when they both played at Southern. Yeah. You know, and I know you covered them in high school. I remember
2: when they both played at West Haven.
1: Yeah. So, I think this that is was my a cool matchup. Oof, that
2: was my first year. Derek Lewis was a senior. My first year covering, West, uh, covering high school football full-time. Yeah. 2000. year. Uh, bring on the Gales pointing at my – that was my big thing. Bring on the Gales pointing at the camera. <laughs> Dan Orlovsky and, uh, and the guys came in, and they beat him 22-8. We, we still have a laugh about that. But.
1: <laughs> but it's a cool game. It's a good storyline. They're friends they've coached together both teams winless both they're teams looking win for their list. first both one both teams looking for their first win who do you got
2: um, i'm going to have to go with Bridgeport Center. they just to me they've just been a little more competitive uh, Basics, uh always been the underdog in these games Basic is just the underdog school for the most part um, they even once called themselves we're not just the underdogs we're the under underdogs <laughs> um, you know and that they again they have some some things to work out there uh, I just feel like Central's been in a lot of these other games a little bit better than they have. I'm going with Derek Lewis and the Hilltoppers.
1: Well, I'm glad you, I like, not only do I like underdogs, mm. I love under underdogs. <laughs> Underdog. I love my boy Dev, mm. fellow, you know, Math 101 or Math 103, whatever it was at Southern, I'm going with Basic.
2: Oh, look at this. Bassick with the first win, huh? First
1: win, yep. All right, All now Derek,
2: the, don't let me down.
1: Dez Let's go. Dez, don't let me down. Alright, next up, the last one, I, I pushed it to the back. 5-0 and Simsbury at 5-1 and Southington. This is it. This is Southernton. You
2: talk about every, every team's got their moment, right? Yeah,
1: this is Simsbury's moment. I think we talk about Simsbury in the poll, they're not getting much love. You look at their schedule, you kind of can tell why. It doesn't really jump out at you. They beat Hall nine to six. I mean, Hall beat Cheshire. We saw, but slow beginning first for Simsbury. They crushed Amity. We like Amity, great, a very good defense. We like them. But then they well, beat except South except Windsor this
2: last week. Where would to go, Andy? What happened? <laughs> we have Jello on the front page of Game Time CT, and you guys laid an egg. All right, no, go ahead. good beat, job. Hill House. They beat
1: they beat South Windsor. They beat a really down New Britain team. They shut out Conard, and they beat Manchester by two touchdowns. This is their moment. This is their. You know, in, this is their introduction to the state voters.
2: Yeah, this is your this is the time to shine, guys. The cleat, as we said with Xavier last week, the Kleeglites lights are now on.
1: And Simsbury's got a lot of good guys. Like you got Beauchamp, his junior quarterback, has gotten better every week. Daniel Sun, very good running back, gets in the end. He's got a nose for the end zone. Then they got you know great receivers like Zach Gilbert, to, uh, Tommy Guilfoyle. They have a lot of guys. And then you look on the other side and you got Southington, you got Mike Durr, you got. You know, Brendan Lafferty, a quarterback. we got Carter Olman at wide receiver. They just have so many. Uh, um, Billy Carr at linebacker. Carr is good. Carr is really good. Their defense played awesome against Darian. At Southington, they don't rebuild. They reload. Absolutely. And it takes some time to get going. Look, they scored eight points against Darian. 24-8. That wasn't a 24-8 game. Darian had a pick six in the last 20 seconds to kind of seal that game. That game was a one-score game for most of it.
2: Who are you going with Pete?
1: I'm going. I'm going with something. Right. I think. I think. I like Simsbury. I still think that they can make the playoffs. Looking at the rest of their schedule, they can go nine and one. I don't think they're at Southington's level yet.
2: Nope. I totally agree with you. Carr, Ullman, Drury coaching. Uh, they they just lost John Fontana, the great uh, baseball coach over there. The field's named after his uh, uncle. Emotional game for, for Southington. They haven't lost to Simsbury since 2009, and they're 14-1 since 2004. Big moment for the Trojans. But nobody be, comes into Southington's field and pushes the Blue Knights around. I'm going with the Blue Knights.
1: Except for Quan Tompkins two years ago, and he started for Ninja Island.
2: Yeah, Well, not this time. That was a great game.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I, I think Simsbury is good. I think they're young. I think they're still getting there. When you said that the last time they beat Southernton was 0-9, that was the last time Simsbury went to the playoffs. I still think they can make the playoffs this year regardless of this wow, game. Wow, that's
2: right. Was it? Yep. Oh, wow, okay. I didn't know. Well, guess what? Mike Drury wasn't the head coach of Southernton in 2009.
1: No. So I'm going with Southernton, the Blue Knights. Blue Knights. Blue Knights.
2: All day, every day.
1: Let's ring the bell one more time. <laughs> dong, <laughs> Do they dong, there? dong. I don't know, Rockville. Wrong. So
2: that's the picks for this <laughs> week. Again, it's not a, a massive leak like like, like last week, but uh, I I feel like we're gonna see some surprises here, Pete.
1: Yeah, I think I mean this is that's the best part about doing the pitch, and that's what I tell everybody. It's fun. Supposed to be fun. We're not all supposed to pick the same games. Yeah. You know, it's, there's supposed to be a little chaos and <coughs> and a little, like, craziness with it. I can't tell you how fun it was after the Newington game. Yeah. All the kids are, like, tweeting at us or yeah. Instagramming they have a, us. It. They're like, we love Ryan Lacey. Yeah,
2: they, they, they we're going to have to mail them a bust of Ryan Lacey to go with the eight ball. We, <laughs> we sent them after their, their week one win. So that that's going to That wraps it up for a week seven going to week eight. This has been Sean Patrick Bowley for Peter Bergwaga. This has been the Meat Rider at Game Time CT.